Welcome to the WinFL Show. Welcome to the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon, joined as ever by Jake McGee and Dave Somerville. Apologies that we haven't uh, been able to get a show last week, uh, but unfortunately, all three of us have been struck down by the dreaded COVID. How are we today, gentlemen? Dying. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're all pretty pretty rough, but we're getting there. All right, Jake. We, we are the, the walking wounded, but man flu has uh, hit the Winterfell hard. It certainly has hit the Winterfell hard. I've, I've been feeling pretty rotten. My throat's been really sore, especially the last couple of days. Been slightly better today, uh, but uh, I keep coughing and it's just oh, it's awful. I hate this. If I go out to the house for the first time in two years and catch COVID. So uh, there we go. Now we've got so much to talk about with regards to the off-season. Just a couple of notes before we start for those of you who are who are listening in. We do have some important off-season dates. March 16th, which is today, 4 p.m. Eastern, that's 9 p.m. in uh, UK time, is when free agency starts. Officially. Officially. Yeah. Yes. Officially. The legal negotiation window is March 14th to 16th. Officially. I don't even know why they bother with that. There's been so many trades going on the past week, 10 days. It's been hard to keep up and things are still going on. If something happens while we're on air, we will, of course, let you know straight away. Uh, just a couple more dates. April 4th, teams with new head coaches are allowed to start off-season workouts, uh, April 18th for all other teams. 22nd of April is the last day of restricted free agent signings. And then April 28-30 is the 2022 NFL Draft from Las Vegas. So we've got an awful lot to talk about. So many free agent signings uh, and trades in, in just the past 10 days. I think we're going to have to go through them fairly quickly. We'll go through them division by division. But before we do that, Jake, I'm going to turn it over to you. Have there been was there a single trade or a single uh, signing made that has really caught your interest? Uh, well, obviously with the, the trades, there's been quite a few interesting ones. Now, first, for the interesting dates, uh, there's another one. May the 2nd is uh, when uh, that's the deadline to exercise the fifth-year option for the 2019 draft. So oh, I'd add that in May the 2nd. Thank you. But I think, obviously, there's a lot of interest in trades. There is one I want to hear particularly about uh, from yourself, which is obviously Danger Russ. <laughs> but uh, I think the most interesting one to me, I think it happened yesterday, was the Patriots sending Shaq Mason to the books for just a fifth-rounder. Um, an absolute perfect replacement for Ali Marpet, who uh, retired. And I just think, and I'm judging from Twitter and any Patriots fans that I follow, they're a bit bemused by the fact that letting not just a starting guard, but you know, probably a top 10 in the league. I think he's been a, an all-pro or at least a pro ball going for just a fifth round. That's pretty shocking. I mean, he's played, just didn't make much ev- sense. He's played basically every game since 2016 for the Pats. Looking out for Tom Brady. <laughs> well, I th- yeah, I think um, with with that, I do feel like um, the Pats have they must have some sort of plan in place. Yeah, then they're they're not going to let someone of that caliber go. Just a fifth rounder. It, it, that that's not Belichick style. I I don't see them not having a plan in place. Oh, no, Belichick, he'll probably use that fifth rounder to draft a Hall of Famer. So. 
I think we've all seen enough um, to try and second guess Bill Belichick Absolutely. over the past 20 odd years, 25 years. We all know what he's capable of. We all know that he seems to be thinking five moves ahead of everyone else. Um, so I, I think I think you're probably right there, Jake, I, I reckon. Let's, let's not guess, second guess, let's not second guess Bill Belichick and hopefully we won't uh, have to suffer him drafting another Hall of Fame player this year because of it for in, in the fifth round no absolutely but like i said that, that was the, the probably the strangest one um but i think the most interesting one um regards your team so obviously I'd like to get your thoughts mm. on a uh, danger russ i was very surprised very surprised when they drafted russell wilson uh when they uh, traded for russell wilson i do have a couple of opinions on it conflicting opinions on this trade uh because with regards to russell wilson we all know he's a great quarterback everyone knows that no one would say he's not a great quarterback we all know he's a massive upgrade to what the broncos have had since 2014 uh peyton manning's last season he really dropped off there um, he's, he's by far and away the best quarterback we've had since Peyton Manning was in his prime I just think they gave up slightly too much for him and I'm not I, I'm, I'm seeing people saying that uh, the Seahawks got absolutely fleeced in this trade I'm seeing people saying that um, you know they should have had three first rounders and half a dozen players for Russell Wilson. Now, I personally, I don't think that anyone's worth that. Um, but I, I don't mind the draft picks. So let's let's look at it. Two first round draft picks, two second round draft picks. I want to say a fourth round draft. It was pick. Uh, it was a fifth, but you got a fourth back. It was a fifth. So think- beg your pardon. It was a fifth, but we got a fourth back. I have no issues with trading that for Russell Wilson. I also have no issues with trading Drew Locke. I have no issues with trading two other players. What I do have an issue with is Shelby Harris, who is a leader in the locker room, one of the best defensive players that the Broncos had, really glued that defensive line together, um, led the league in, in batted passes for three years. I have an issue with him being traded. I, I would have been more comfortable if the Broncos had traded both other defensive linemen and kept Shelby Harris. And with regards to trading Noah Fant, I don't like it because I think that Noah Fant's potential is off the charts. People uh, blamed him for his lack of effort in blocking, run blocking last year. He's, He's not that kind of player. The man can be a pass-catching monster. And I honestly, I I firmly believe, I've spoken about this before, and I know we've spoken about it even before we started the show, Drew Locke can be a good quarterback. Noah Fant can be an all-pro tight end. I, I don't doubt it for a single second. However, I think the two of them were held back so badly by Pat Shermer's play calling, and I will not be surprised if Drew Locke starts for Seattle, throws 40 touchdowns in 2022, and half of them are to Noah Fant. Would not surprise me. I I, I was going to start with two very simple words. Matt Stafford. 
the Rams traded the world for him to the Lions. Uh, and we also sort of traded golf as well, but that's a separate issue. Um, I, I think that the Broncos might be trying to go along similar lines to the Rams. Oh, um, un- undeniably. Yeah. Undeniably yeah. so. But I think the difference with... I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Dave. Not at all. I think the difference is... If the Broncos had given up for Russell Wilson what the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford, I wouldn't have an issue with it. I was going to suggest that up until last year, if we had traded what we did for Stafford uh, for Wilson, I would have been even happier. But I think Stafford has come in, come into our team and he, you know, he hit the ground running last year. I think if Will, Russell Wilson does this for the Broncos... I think they're going to have a really successful season. I, sometimes I'm kidding myself on it's because Shelby Harris is one of my favourite players. That's that's yeah. why I feel I think they gave up too much. I could live with Noah Fant. I can live with that because we do still have Alberto, and mm-hmm. you can pick up a tight end in free agency. You can pick up a tight end in the draft. We see teams doing it all the time. That's great. But Shelby Harris, that's a gut punch to me. However. Come February next year, if the Broncos are in the Super Bowl because of Russell Wilson, then I'll say, yeah, it doesn't matter if you've got Noah Fant and Shelby Harris when you've got a quarterback who can take you all the way to, you know, deep into the playoffs, possibly even a, a Super Bowl. People seeing the Broncos are immediately a Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson. I do believe that. Definitely a contender. I just hope the other issues that are on the Broncos um, don't rear their ugly head because the one thing that Russell Wilson has had a lot of in his career is sacks. And the one thing the Broncos failed to do all of last year was protect the passer. And what I don't want is for Russell Wilson to go out there week one, get beaten up, and he's out for six weeks. Uh, I, You know, there's no doubt he's a great quarterback. He's one of the best in the league. I do think he needs some targets. Obviously, no offense was going to be one of those targets. He, he would be an ideal kind of out, outlet if his wide receivers aren't open. Having a tight end of his caliber would be really important. I, I, I do kind of worry a little bit that he's coming from the Seahawks, where the Seahawks are a run-first team. Um, I think the way the Broncos tried to play with Drew Locke was, you know, by bombs down the field. And, um, you know, there was a lot of shall we say questionable play calls as you've already alluded to uh, last year um, I I think it may take a, a season to for Wilson to adapt to the Broncos if they're going to be very pass orientated first uh, I think they will he will need a bit of time just to sort of adapt to that but you know you the, like you said there are tight ends available in free agency maybe not of the highest caliber well well there's debates about it but uh, Gronk is available he would be pretty welcome I would say in, in Denver maybe not necessarily by yourself but not by um, myself no Gronk <laughs> is one of the one of the few players I, I dislike intensely and I'm the first to admit he's you know when he when he retires he's going to go down as the greatest pass catching tight end of all time there's, there's no doubt in my mind personally I don't think he is, but, you you know, the numbers scream that he is. So um, I wouldn't like Gronk, but uh, lots of other people would. I, th- I don't think Wilson would be lacking for pass catchers in Denver. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim uh-huh. Patrick, KJ Hamler, you know, the Hall of Famer, Kendall Hinton. 
So, you know, he's got plenty of guys to throw to. Alberto, as I mentioned earlier, who was injured. He's been injured the last year or so. People, when he came out of college, people thought he had an even higher ceiling than Noah Fant did. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how that goes. But I don't want to speak about the Broncos all night because you know me, guys. I will, if you give me the chance. Let's look at free agency. Oh, I'm so, sorry, Dave. Do you know, I, would, I, I ranted away there. And I didn't give you the chance to uh, discuss was there, a, was there a single trade or signing that sort of jumped up and grabbed your attention? More in the re-signing markets, obviously we've got uh, AR12 uh, finally, well, I say finally, he's going to be one of the highest paid players ever uh, in the NFL with the Packers. There's, uh, I'm, I, I'd be more excited about the prospects on the people that are currently available um, and the rumours surrounding them. You know, you've got uh, Von Miller, there's rumours that have come out tonight that the Rams have really stepped up their efforts to sign him, to, to re-sign him back. Um, I think he had a brilliant end of the, end of the season. Um, we're in the market for uh, a centre now as well. Um, we've, uh, Austin Corbett is off to pastures new. Um, I think on the Rams front, we, we, need some, we, we need some depth really. But the, there's a, quite a few... Uh, high quality wide receivers are available. Um, you know, obviously OBJ would make sense to cut, for him to come back to the Rams. But you've also got Allen Robinson of the Bears. Last season he didn't perform great, but I think the Bears had a season to forget. They did. Um, they did. Al- Allen Robinson's a, an outstanding wide receiver, and I think if if he's on a team uh, that will that can get if he's got playing with a quarterback that can get him the ball, I think he can be very effective. He was effective. With Mitch Trubisky, uh, yeah, obviously I'm not the not his biggest supporter. Uh, maybe maybe Jake might have a different opinion on that, but we'll I think the talk only, about the MVP. <laughs> the only other the only other kind of wide receiver that I'm really keeping an eye on is Jarvis Landry. Uh, I th- I think Landry is great. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of his, and I do believe that the Chiefs and the Bills have. Uh, been the ones to step up their efforts to sign Landry so he's only mm. still only 29 although he seems to have been around for a, another 10 years before that yeah there's a lot of this free agency the level of caliber available is just amazing I mean obviously there's big guys getting big money so tighter salary caps uh, a lot of these guys are going to have to accept smaller contracts mm. uh, I think the only other one really is Juju Smith-Schuster it is available, which I think is criminal almost. I, I think he's better than 90, 95% of the wide receivers in the league. So mm. I'm, I'm excited for the next couple of days because I think these players' futures are going to reveal themselves and there's going to be a lot of surprises to come. You're right. There's so many wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, and you I know. Can even, you, can, you can even put Jamison Crowder in there. He, you know, for coming off this. I mean, the Jets, well, there's not a lot of good things to say about the Jets, but. I think he's he's one of these slot receivers. Even on a third down situation, I think he, he comes up trumps quite a lot. I think he bailed out the Jets a couple of times last year when they just were not performing at NFL level, let alone mm. any mm. kind of level. But um, yeah, I, I think there are some, like we said, at, at wide receiver in particular, I think there's a lot of people who are in need of clubs, uh, in need of teams. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think we can then safely move on uh, to talk about the 
Frieden signings slightly more in-depth. We'll go division by division. So we'll go with the NFC East to start off. Not a lot of things really happening with the Dallas Cowboys with regards to signing players. They've re-signed a few players and obviously they, they've, they've tagged uh, Dalton Schultz. I think the biggest thing about the Dallas Cowboys is that the players that have let go. Jake, do you have uh, anything you want to talk about oh. the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I think obviously Dave's hinting there at the Randy Gregory, but I think the biggest robbery was, well, first off, Zeke's contract, mm. which has put them in this position where Amari Cooper and a sixth got traded for a fifth and a sixth. So basically, you got traded for a fifth and a, and, a, and a sixth swap, especially to a team like the Browns, where you know we've touched on them releasing Landry. He's now going to become their wide receiver number one, and it costs them a fifth. I think that's... Highway robbery, obviously, he's got a heavy salary, but likes of Christian Kirk getting like 18 million a year, I think you can kind of stomach Kamara Cooper getting 20 odd. Um, so that to me was kind of a, a strange one, but I think they're kind of reaping what they've sown in terms of previous contracts. Well, you've spoken about it before. You said it, Jake. People tend to overpay for running backs, and no one has been more guilty of that than the Dallas Cowboys, essentially giving Amari Cooper a, a fifth-round valuation. A fifth-round pick valuation is is criminal. Um, and, of course, yes, they did let Randy Gregory go as well. So um, they re-signed Michael Gallup to, you know, a five-year, $57.5 million deal with $23 million fully guaranteed and with a max value of $62.5 million and a $10 million signing bonus. Amari Cooper must have said to Michael Gallup, so let me get this straight. You're worth five years, up to $62 million, and $10 million signing bonus, and I'm worth a fifth-round pick. Mm. Not, not taking anything away from Michael Gallup, but I think Amari Cooper might be quite annoyed with uh, the value that was put in him by Jerry Jones. Someone else who might be annoyed, I think down the line, will be the Green Bay Packers, because... They put the franchise tag on Devante Adams, probably thinking, okay, we'll get him mm-hmm. on this whilst we're sorting out the, the A-Rod stuff, and then we'll sign him to a contract. Now, Devante Adams come out and said, basically, he's got no interest in signing the franchise tag and wants a deal. And looking at some of these numbers over the... Well, again, free agency's not technically opened, um, but some of the, the contracts flown about for players like Christian Kirk, the Packers front office must be crying, thinking, oh, that is just perfect fuel and ammunition for Devontae Adams. Adams and his agent. Yeah, yeah for, mm. to just go, well, hold on, you're telling me I'm only, you know, I'm the best wide receiver in the league. Well, Christian Kirk most definitely is not, and this is what he's getting paid, and I expect to get paid a lot, you know, handsomely compared to that. I think um, the rest of the NFL, at uh, the NFL, the NFC East, has actually been relatively quiet. Um, you look, look at the Eagles, they, they're in need of some sort of star names that are going to kickstart uh, what's been a, a not ideal last couple of years. I, I mean, the NFL, the, the NFC East has not been the highest caliber uh, of teams and records in recent years. The Cowboys kind of kicked on, but yeah, they, they once they got to the kind of the playoffs, kind of crumbled quite badly. Um, the Eagles, I think the only thing that I can really recall, um, they signed ha- uh, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, um, the, oh, the edge rusher. Yeah, it was a Panther last year. I think I, I vaguely remember him at the Cardinals. Um, I think he he might have been drafted by the Cardinals. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and 
Yeah, yeah, and um, they've signed him to a forty-nine po- just just shy of fifty million dollar three-year deal with thirty million guaranteed. Um, and the Giants, I saw today, picked up Tyrod Taylor as back. Well, technically backup, but um, Daniel Jones. I, I I think Tyrod Taylor's going to be starter at some point this year. Let's just put it like that. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's a very interesting story. He's a very good quarterback. I I think he may be. The unluckiest quarterback, he was in Baltimore. Uh, I think he started his career in Baltimore, played about four years there. He went to Buffalo, and then he went to Cleveland, and then he was with the Chargers, and he was briefly with uh, Houston, uh, Houston Texans last year. Now, whenever Tyrod Taylor starts to look good when he's playing, something happens, and he generally gets injured and the next guy up turns out to be an absolute superstar justin herbert literally justin herbert he got did the did the chargers doctor not puncture his lung by well i say by accident yeah with a needle (laughs) yeah yes punctured his lung and that gave justin herbert the start in 2018 he was with cleveland i believe and then he went down and is that when Baker Mayfield took over? Yep. Whenever, yeah. whenever Tyrod Taylor is a first-round quarterback, is normally not that far behind him. Buffalo in 2017. And then afterwards, well, it was Josh yeah. Allen. And then, in, even in, I mean, in Houston last year, he, he looked decent in Houston. And then he got injured. And he was thinking, he is the unluckiest man. Tyler Taylor is just so unfortunate. But then, you know, he's he's a Super Bowl champion, so he doesn't care. I think it was uh, Rap Sheets, Ian Rappaport, that said um, he's one of the most professional quarterbacks around. He's had so many misfortunes, but every time something's happened that's not gone in his favour, he's always accepted it and gone about it professionally. So That's very true. I mean, I, I, a lot of people do say that about him, very much in the same way they talk about uh, guys like Alex Smith. Uh, when he was playing, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater as well. You know, they, they have talent. Their biggest influences are, it's in the locker room. You know, they're, they're great teammates. Yeah. And, and great men, particularly for some of the younger players. But for Tyrod Taylor, he must be getting sick of all these young quarterbacks coming behind him. If if he is the starter in New York, and the Giants draft a quarterback this year, he's going to be looking over his shoulder or something every single time he drops back to pass. He's going to be thinking, no, this cannot happen again. Surely not. Yeah, I think he's like the kind of classic journeyman where he's got the talent, he's got the consistency to be a decent starter. He just, something always goes wrong and he's always going to be that nearly guy, which I, I feel bad for him. He's, he, he's obviously shown plenty quality throughout, throughout his years in the NFL. He's just. He, I. I would have thought that maybe a better position for him, or or a team for him to go to, would be a team like the Panthers, even the Texans, even the Texans again. Um. Obviously, it depends on where, uh, Mr. Watson ends up. But um. Yeah, I think Tyrod Taylor. He will be. I. I think towards the, the second half of the season, he will be the number one starter at the Giants, whether they draft someone or not. I, I don't believe they will draft someone if they, they because they have they are kind of put all putting all their eggs in one basket with Daniel Jones. I, I don't think it's the right basket, but that's another case. 
Yeah, and I know they've, they've beefed up the offensive line at the Giants. Uh, they signed uh, John Feliciano from Buffalo, I believe it was. And Mark Glowinski, who I think came from Indianapolis. I'm not sure if someone might check that. Ian Rappaport reported that. Um, she's been signed as well to a three-year, $20 million contract with the Giants. So they are beefing up the offensive line. So if Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter, if not at the beginning of the season and at some point, then hopefully they've they've done enough to beef up the offensive line to keep them upright. Uh, you briefly mentioned the Philadelphia Eagles. They've not really done an awful lot. Uh, they've signed a one-year contract with center Jason Kelsey, worth $14 million. Uh, Hassan Reddick, as you mentioned, signings Greg Ward and uh, Andre Chachere. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly. With regards to the Washington Commanders, they did make a signing. They exchanged a 2022 third rounder and a 2023 2023 third rounder, which could become a second rounder based on the snap totals of one Carson Wentz. Who wants to take first point in that one? I think that one's an interesting one because the Colts, obviously at the moment don't have a quarterback and they also thanks to Carson Wentz don't have a first round pick so it's an interesting one um we were talking before um off air about the fact that the Colts have I think the most money in the free agency and they're doing uh sweet nothing with it at the moment which I imagine as a Colts fan must be rather infuriating but for Washington I think it's kind of you know you can't really lose with uh two-thirds it's hardly groundbreaking they're probably looking to basically try and get Kirk Cousins 2.0 in terms of just a steady quarterback. And the, the only other movement the Washington Commanders have made uh, was that they re-signed one of their uh, defensive backs, uh, Bobby McCain, to a two-year, $11 million contract. It's the only thing the Commanders have done. It's one trade for Wentz and uh, re-signed one of their uh, defensive backs. Uh, that's the NFC East taken care of. Uh, with regards to the NFC North, the Chicago Bears. What can you say about the Chicago Bears, really? They um, we signed uh, Lucas Patrick, the guard. Uh, they signed defensive tackle Larry Ogunjobi uh, to a three-year, $40.5 million deal. And they re-signed Patrick Scales. But the biggest news coming out of Chicago is the players that are no longer on that team, including uh, Terry Cohen, uh, who they let go, and one Khalil Mack, who's been traded uh. away. And Eddie Goldman. Eddie Goldman as well. Okay, so he's... And Eddie Goldman, right. Um, So the Bears seem to be just clearing house at this point. They've not really made a lot of moves. Obviously, they drafted Justin Fields last year. And letting... Well, trading Khalil Mack is, is a huge loss for the Chicago Bears. I've always been of a mind that when you have a game-changing defensive player, you should do everything you can to hang on to them. Now, I don't know if uh, Max was traded because he wanted out or if the Bears were just trying to, you know, get something back from him. I'm not actually sure of the details of the Khalil Mack trade. Uh, does anyone have? Uh, yes, it was a was? second and a sixth, which coincidentally was less than what the Panthers paid for Sam Darnold. I thought that was a nice little... Oh. How? So Khalil Mack is worth less than Sam Donald, apparently. Do you know what? I don't think he is. <laughs> I might be going out on a limb when I say that, but I I would rather have Khalil Mack on my team than Sam Darnold. I think I'd rather Khalil Mack throw the ball than Sam <laughs> Darnold. But... 
Oh, uh, you shouldn't make us laugh when we've got COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moving on to uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, now, the Detroit Lions have made a load of uh, re-signings. They've re-signed so many players. It's been unbelievable. Um, but the, the one sort of big name signing, I suppose you could say, uh, they signed wide receiver DJ Chark from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, one year, $10 million deal, fully guaranteed. All $10 million fully guaranteed. Uh, what do we think about the Detroit Lions? I think the Lions, I'm usually with their type of situation, I would be calling for a bit of a rebuild. I, I think they haven't really got out of rebuild mode for the past don't know when when we're the, 1930 i think their first okay, season right. was, i so, think maybe yeah. we should just stop the <laughs> we'll the one the one viewer that we like yeah um, exactly so uh let's let's not talk about the lions too much uh i'll rephrase that for you dave what's your opinion on wide receiver dj chark uh promising uh surprisingly promising uh, i i think that i don't know if he's worth a t- one year 10 million 10 million deal though um Although in saying that, I'm I support an organisation that did attempt to pay Jared Goff nine figures. So yeah, yeah, yes, there um, is that. yeah, yeah. I I don't quite. Uh, I, I'm not really the best numbers guy with the NFL. I I think that with uh, t- ten million for DJ Shark, it's just a bit too much for me. Um, uh, it, well, what happens at the end of the year though? You know, uh, if if he has a decent season. Do you re-sign him again? Because it's probably going to cost you another 10, 12 million to re-sign him to a one-year deal. It's it's a um, lot it, of money, uh, fully guaranteed 10 million for one year. Considering, looking at some of the players that they've that they've re-signed, and I'm just uh, reading it, getting this from, from NFL.com. Uh, so they re-signed their quarterback, Tim Boyle, uh, one year, $2 million. Uh, wide receiver Josh Reynolds re-signed a two-year deal for $12 million. Offensive lineman Evan Brown re-signed a one-year $2.025 million. Defensive end Charles Harris, two years, $14 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive back CJ Moore, one year, $2.4 million. So they're really, I mean, the, the only other big contract that they, they really signed there was uh, Tracy Walker, the safety. Three years, $25 million, with So that's $17 million guaranteed. They really seem to, uh, they're investing a lot in DJ Chark. An awful lot. I think they've also they've also got um, Saint Brown uh, as their other wide receiver, if I'm not mistaken. That's true. Uh, that you know, the thing about Shark is that Shark's a big wide receiver. He, I think, I'm sure he's six three, six four. That's sort of Megatron, almost Megatron kind of height. And I, I think you know maybe they see something in him that not necessarily got but maybe Boyle could pick him out, out and you know make make some great plays to him i uh, i love the, I, I think, love the fact that you say tim boyle could pick him out but <laughs> Jared goff couldn't yeah uh, rogers is smiling cuz he likes tim boyle <laughs> absolutely yes but i i think with them well with the lions anyway i think their their aim should just be to try and get a level season kind of uh, what, what we've got 17 games this year so eight nine nine and eight would be a successful season for the lions 
Um, I think the Lions would be would be quite happy with nine and eight. So moving on, and um, we're still in the NFC North. We've got the Green Bay Packers. A couple of players talking about the Packers. Obviously, the big ones, the the big contracts. Aaron Rodgers, and you already mentioned Devontae Adams, um, seeing that he's not going to not going to sign the, the franchise tag uh, this year. Wide receiver Alan Lazard is receiving a second round restricted free agent tender worth uh, just under four million dollars. Uh, and linebacker Devondre Campbell signing a five-year deal worth $50 million. And linebacker Preston Smith signed a four-year extension worth $52.5 million. So a lot of money being invested in the linebackers at uh, in Green Bay there. And um, the, the big news is, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams. Is, is there anything that... Uh, you guys might want to add about the... Um... I think just at the moment with Rodgers, I don't think he's got a whole lot of weapons to really throw to at the moment. He's got average players, which is fine, but he relied so much on Devontae Adams the last couple of years. So I think they either need to pay the man or they need to find a, a suitable replacement. I, I mean, can you imagine what the reaction is going to be if, say, for example... They don't re-sign Adams, and Allen Robinson turns up at the Bear at the Packers. That would be pretty epic. But I, I think if there's going to be a, a new wide receiver in Green Bay, I think it could be OBJ. I, I worry that it could be OBJ. He's the kind of player that would really suit them as their number one wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. I think Devontae Adams is a, is an incredible receiver, but I think playing with Aaron Rodgers, he's ultimately replaceable. And I think there are two or three free agents out there that you could replace Devontae Adams with. I just believe that Rodgers is such a great quarterback and it's easy to forget how good Aaron Rodgers is because he's so consistent. You know, these seasons throwing 35, 40 touchdowns and sub 10 interceptions, this doesn't happen in the NFL, but it happens every year with Aaron Rodgers. It's unbelievable mm -hmm. what this man can do and I think it does inflate the numbers somewhat I think Devontae Adams I think if he decides to go to another team who's going to pay more money his production will drop off because he doesn't have number 12 throwing him the ball of course I see that now and see if he goes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and has number 12 throwing him the ball <laughs> I'll be absolutely raging anyway sorry what were you going to say I, I, interrupted. Uh, I, was, going to say, I was just going to say to Jake uh, what do you think the Packers should do? do do you think they should pay Adams or do you think they should look elsewhere hey that man has money I think he's earned it I think he I think he's got a great wide receiver I think with or without A-Rod um, he would shine Obviously, it certainly helps having a Hall of Fame quarterback throw your way, but there's a reason he always throws his way. It's because he's open. The only other point I really had on the Packers was a few years ago when they brought in Preston Smith, they brought in Zadarius Smith alongside him, and they've cut him. So the Smith brothers, who aren't related, came in at the same time, and now there's only one survived. So Green Bay aren't particularly known for throwing cash around in free agency. I think that was when the, the Smith signings came in was the first year that they kind of made, went out and made big money signings and obviously didn't really pay off. So we'll be interested. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought in, you know, or brought back MVS and kind of familiar faces. That tends to be how Aaron Rodgers likes it. So moving on from the Packers, we've got the Minnesota Vikings, final team in the uh, NFC North. Defensive lineman Harrison Phillips signed a three-year $19.5 million deal, including eight and a half 
in year one with 13 million guaranteed. And linebacker Jordan Hicks agreed a two-year, $10 million contract with a max value of 12, including six and a half million guaranteed from Ian Rappaport there. But the, the big one everyone will always talk about, of course, is the quarterback. It is Kirk Cousins. One-year extension, $35 million fully guaranteed. So he'll be in contract through 2023 and it reduces his cap by 14 million, according to Tom Pelissero. Kirk Cousins, gentlemen, give me your two cents on Kirk Cousins. Uh, I We're going to have two very mistake. different opinions. Yeah. Two oh, very different okay, opinions. so Dave, okay. Dave so I'll, yeah, I'll, I know you're yeah. dying to talk, Dave. Go on. One thing that I, even though the amount of money that they have paid for this extension to me is just ridiculous, uh, there is one, uh, one very key part of that extension. And that is, there's a no trade calls clause in it. Now, if I was the Vikings, and Kirk Cousins has a bad year next year, or he just cannot pull it out when it matters, as per usual, um, I would be looking to trade him at the end of the year. Um, I I think they've, again, a team that have put all their eggs in one basket, which seems to be a bit of a theme around some some of the kind of larger contracts this year. I I think. The Vikings, they'll push for the playoffs and probably fall again, kind of Cowboys-esque style at the end of the year. I, I think that they've disappointed me. I, I'd love to see the Packers get challenged a lot more uh, in the NFC North. I think the Lions are nowhere near good enough to do that. I think the Bears are in the exact same position. The Bears are going to struggle this year. The Lions are going to struggle this year. That leaves the Vikings and the Packers. I can see the Packers getting another division win. They're going to be one of the top four seeds. And I think even without Adams at wide receiver, I think they're going to win that division. And that's more because the other teams have not boosted their teams, their their rosters. Kirk Cousins is just not the guy that they want to have behind a Super Bowl chasing team. On the flip side, Kirk Cousins is the guy that everybody should wish to be. Shout out my guy, Kirk. He's in his seventh and about to be next year, his eighth year of fully guaranteed contracts going all the way back to 2016 when he was first franchise tagged for $19.9 million. Then he was franchise tagged again in 17 for 23.9. And 18, he got $26 million fully guaranteed. 19, he got $28 million fully guaranteed. In 2020, he got a, a staggering $40 million guaranteed. Last year, 21 million. And then going forward, obviously, the 2022 season is going to be 30 million guaranteed. And next year, it's set at 40 million guaranteed. So that's over, well, I think that's about 230 million fully guaranteed. I mean, the man is a, a legend. I, I bet Patrick Mahomes and his agent wish they were Kirk Cousins. Because the man just, <laughs> the man just reeks of genius. Well, all I, this guaranteed I think money. maybe. Patrick Mahomes wishes he had Kirk Cousins' as agent. Yeah, uh, I, think he's I, I don't. Genius. I don't think Patrick Mahomes' agent wishes Patrick Mahomes was actually Kirk Cousins. But that, that's too. To hang on, eight years. Yep, two hundred thirty eight million yeah. dollars, all guaranteed. Or I, Kirk Cousins. I think. <laughs> hang, hang on a second. Like, was it not Fitzmagic who said, "Would you rather have"? a 10-year, $100 million contract, or would you rather have 10 
$10 million contracts. And he said, I'd much rather have 10 one-year, 10 million guaranteed contracts. And Kirk Cousins has taken that philosophy and just gone exponential with it. 230 million guaranteed in eight years. That's genius. (laughs) But there's another quarterback at the moment that seems to be kind of picking up on this. That's Lamar Jackson. You see a lot of these young quarterbacks agreeing to a new contract in, you know, their third year, their fourth year. Lamar Jackson has basically come out and said he's quite happy to play out his fifth year and then maybe only take, you know, a two-year contract, a two-year contract, you know, rather than doing a Patrick Mahomes who, in all honesty, has robbed himself of money, really. You know, and you can't really say that when he's getting paid half a billion dollars, but taking a 10-year contract out means even if he start, you know, if he reaches unbelievable levels, the Chiefs aren't going to go back and pay him more. Whereas Lamar Jackson has another good year. He's going to get paid an awful lot of money by someone. And if he takes out a small contract of a year or two, as someone else is going to pay him an awful lot of money. And like you say, short term, there's huge risk, obviously, if you get injured. You know, if Patrick Mahomes gets injured, he's still getting paid. But risk and reward. That's true. When when Patrick Mahomes' $500 million 10-year contract was put out a lot of people were saying initially like that's a ridiculous amount of money, half a billion dollars but everyone else was saying yeah well in five years time he's still going to only be going to you know it'll average out at 50 million dollars in five years you know half the quarterbacks in the league will be getting that yeah i'm pretty sure roger's contract probably is more than Mahomes. Like you say, in a few years' time, Mahomes' deal is going to look very team-friendly, I think. Uh, yes, I believe Rogers, his contract, it was something like $150 million over three years, but $100 million or $101 million was fully guaranteed for Rogers for three years. So he's already making more money than Patrick Mahomes. But then I've always had this thing, I think NFL players, well, I see NFL players, I know it happens in all sports, but I, I really only follow the NFL I despise greediness in players. And this comes from many years ago when uh, it, it, it comes from, from Brock Osweiler. That's where it comes from. It comes from someone who was offered, I believe it was $14 million a year to play for the Broncos when Peyton Manning retired. Brock Osweiler was the de facto starter in Denver. He wanted more. He wanted $16.5 million. Now, how much of that is him? How much of that is his agent? I don't know. But you're saying, what can you buy for $16.5 million that you can't buy for fourteen? Uh, don't say a yacht that costs $16 million. You think to yourself, what, what is the difference? You are, you're talking about a player, and I know I'm going way off topic here, but you're talking about a player who's on a Super Bowl winning team with an all-time defense. That no-fly zone was legendary and will be. 20 years from now, they'll still be talking about that defense. You had Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and you had you know, a solid, if not grandiose running game a good offensive line and you're handed the keys as a 20 i believe 23 24 year old there you go this is your team now you can be here for the next 10 years if you play well and he went i want more money i'm going to the houston texans how did that work out brock it didn't because he's an idiot because he was greedy (laughs) pure 
greed. I don't like it. I, I despise players who are already being handed millions of dollars and not just like two or three million, but 30 and 40 million who say, well, I want 42 million. What's, what's the difference between 40 million and 42 million? Seriously, it's, you know, it's six months interest. Behave yourself. Sorry, that's me getting off topic there. But mm -hmm. fair play to Kirk Cousins. He, he wants his money and he's figured out a way of getting it. And if he leaves after next year, uh, leaves Vikings, another team will pick him up. And he'll say, I want a one year. Guaranteed, I don't know. Fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed. <laughs> it does, I, and My it, man. It, it doesn't matter. He could say, it doesn't even need to be as much. He could say, okay, I'll take a pay cut. Fully guaranteed 37.5. And teams will pay it. Because other quarterbacks will be getting 50 and 55 and 60 in a couple of years' time. Um, so, yeah, that's the NFC North. I uh, do have one, oh, so, one last sorry. thing on the NFC North in sorry. terms of what happens to Jordan Love. I mean, what is he, a first-round pick, the successor to uh, Aaron Rodgers, and now Aaron Rodgers is there for another two, three, four years. You know, he's got Green Bay by the balls, basically. He's there until he's great. Um, we, we, we've got nothing to go on, uh, really, with Love. He, he's, he's not... Obviously, Aaron Rodgers is one of the greatest ever, but I think with a player that was hyped as a first rounder, uh, he's he's not going to get the chance, at least for the next three years, he, unless Rodgers has some horrific injury, which I, obviously I hope he doesn't, but I think he, it's he's wasted. He, he's absolutely been wasted as the number two. He's probably learned quite a bit, but I think, maybe not necessarily this year, but I think next year he should be looking to move on. I think this year. Look at the weak draft class. That this plays perfectly into Jordan Love's hand. This year, everybody, including ourselves, has already said there's not really a quarterback out there that anyone's screaming for. Now, not that long ago, Jordan Love was a first round pick. Teams like the Saints were interested. And then he went to the Packers. He was, you know, the de facto next man up. But that's been delayed. I, if I was Jordan Love and his agent, I'd be saying, Trade me. Someone Where does will he want go? me. Where does he I go? I mean, there's plenty of teams that are quarterback ridden at the moment the Colts whoever doesn't get um, what to I mean the Browns are going to be moving on from Mayfield one way or another the Falcons seem to be moving on from Matt Ryan one way or another Panthers, the, Panthers, yep. the Saints I mean there is a, a surplus amount of teams that could use a quarterback at if I was him I'd be throwing my, my toys out and getting, getting drafted you could even argue Seattle as well they've, they've got Drew Locke and they've got Gina Smith but you know, there's, there's nothing proven with either of those two. So, yeah, I could easily end up with somewhere like Seattle uh, or Carolina. I think Car Carolina would probably be the most likely place. Although, as you say, <laughs> the Colts don't even have a quarterback. So, yeah. anything goes there. NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons have done nothing. That, that, yeah, you, that, that's enough. We can, we can move on now. I think the Falcons... Uh, they they probably got a few players that have quite high guarantees on their contracts, but um, well, Matt, uh, Matt they, Ryan... they they extended Jake Matthews, which they absolutely mm -hmm. should have done. That man is yeah. He until he actually you know drops of old age on the field, they should hang on to Jake Matthews. He's the one player that is the most solid player there, uh, with with the exception of of Matt Ryan. But we don't know what's happening to Matt Ryan if they move on from him or not, and they resigned their kicker. Young Ho Koo, 
And I don't care how the Americans pronounce it. Young Hoku re-signed a five-year, $24.25 million contract extension, including $11.5 million guaranteed for a kicker. Nice one. Carolina Panthers, moving on to them. Running back, Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman, beg your pardon, signed a contract with the Panthers. Um, the guard, Austin Corbett, is expected to sign a three-year deal worth $29.25 million. And they've done a couple of re-signings as well. Nothing major happening in Carolina yet, but uh, I think an interesting place and still plenty of things to, to happen in free agency and, of course, with the draft once, once everything kicks off. And I think when the Panthers are... I think come pre-season, the Panthers will have a, a slightly different identity. I'm not sure what that identity is going to be yet. Obviously, the, the biggest thing that they can hope for is that Christian McCaffrey is going to come back fully healthy and stay healthy for a full year. Uh, he'll be the best friend to whoever is under center in Carolina. What do we think of that, guys? I think I would double back a little bit because I feel like we've done the Falcons a bit dirty, which I'm more than happy with because I don't like them. But we, the, the Calvin Ridley news obviously happened last week when we weren't here in terms of him being suspended through the 22 season. I actually and forgot they, about Calvin Ridley. Apologies yeah. for Falcons fans there. And then obviously, I'm sure we'll touch on it with the books, but Russell Gage has signed for the books. So they've gone from a receiving core of Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley and uh, Gage to having nobody there, so... It is a, a sorry time to be a Falcons, although that could obviously change if if and when news breaks. But as for the Panthers, I think we're kind of the whole NFC South is kind of impacted by what happens with Watson and what doesn't happen. So I think the Panthers, like you say, they've got McCaffrey, but I think they'll be very interested in terms of who is their quarterback go the start of the season. I think the Panthers, uh, they haven't really had a solid identity because of two main reasons. One, the drop-off of Cam Newton was quite... You know, epic at the uh, when he left, but injuries have ravaged that organization of their star players, Christian McCaffrey and uh, Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton, when he came back from his bad injury, he was never the same again. I, I think McCaffrey just ha has been so unlucky with injuries. I, I think the Panthers are going to end up with a, a very, very high draft pick next year as well. They did sign uh, Zane Gonzalez, the kicker, two years, four and a half mm -hmm. million. Uh, and they also signed safety Xavier Woods at a three-year, $15.75 million contract. Moving on, we do have the New Orleans Saints. The only thing that I'm aware of that's happened at the Saints is that safety Marcus May agreed to a three-year deal worth $28.5 million, $15 million guaranteed. That's via Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofalo and Tom Pelissero. Jake McGee, the floor is yours. Your New Orleans Saints. Who that? Um, but yeah, Marcus May, I think that's a really good signing. He's coming off, uh, I think it's his Achilles, um, but three years, 28.5, considering how much the safety Marcus Williams left for it was 70 million. Obviously, I think it would have been great to re-sign him, but I think his price was always going to be too much. The most interesting thing about the Saints at the moment is the rumour mill in terms of, you know, obviously Watson, uh, Tyra Matthew, I think. It's going to be a very interesting couple of days. There's, I mean, one of the most notable free agents, Taron Armstead, is just kind of in limbo at the moment. Mm. From what it seems like, he's kind of waiting himself to see what happens. If the Saints do get hold of Deshaun Watson, I'm pretty sure he'll be quite happy to come back home um, on a, a team-friendly deal so he can blindside 
uh, block for him. So I think the dominoes will fall in the next um, couple of days. And next week, the Saints could be looking either a lot better or much the same. And uh, I think it will be very interesting. But yeah, at the moment, not doing too much business. We've getting ourselves under the cap, which I think is uh, absolutely fantastic and just shows that the cap is just a myth. Um, and we've actually made a signing. You know, we've gone from eighty million over the cap to somehow signing someone for twenty-eight point five million. So shout out Mickey Loomis for doing Mickey Loomis things. Yeah, and um, I think it all it all comes down to who's going to be under centre. Uh, we, we all know Alvin Kamara is uh, a weapon, just a dynamic player, uh, very much in in the same vein as Christian McCaffrey to the Panthers. He's he's so important to that team and whoever is under center having someone like Alvin Kamara next to you is just that's an absolute godsend but yeah we'll wait and see what happens with the Saints it'll be interesting be interesting to see what happens with the Saints I think they've got a solid core Um, they just need that little extra spark um, to sort of get them over the end and uh, they're still going to sweep the next team we're going to talk about um, which is of course the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, apparently, um, they've got a quarterback. They, requ- they acquired Shaq Mason, which you already spoke about, in a trade with New England Patriots for a 2022 fifth round pick. Uh, the trade did not become official, of course, until March 16th, today at 9pm. It's now 10 to 8, so um, still, got, <laughs> still got time for that not to happen with Shaq Mason. But um, the other thing they did was to re-sign Bichard Perryman, the franchise tag Chris Godwin, uh, Russell Gage, wide receiver, is also expected to sign with Tampa Bay, and they re-signed their centre, Ryan Jensen, and cornerback Carlton Davis. Dave, handing it over to you, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because I don't want to talk about them. Uh, I think there's, there's one name that you did miss out there that wasn't quarterback orientated, and that would be the name that comes with said quarterback. So that would be Gronk himself. Now, I the only... The only thing that I've seen or heard is that with Gronk, there's initial been initial discussions to see if there would be interest. I don't know. Is Gronk done? Do we think Gronk's done? He's, he's one of the most unique tight ends and one of the most consistent over the last few years. But I, I think it would be worth their while signing him to another one-year deal. I, I don't really know how the Bucks can really improve. Um, I think they, could, they may need some consistency. The Bucks have probably done the safe thing in having t- uh, the, we won't call him the goat we'll call, we'll, we'll call him Thomas we'll go we'll go for Thomas so in re-signing Thomas or make in him coming back for the net for this final year I think it's probably a good thing for them I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they may draft a first or second round quarterback uh because then they've got someone to sort of sit behind and learn from Thomas, shall we say? But uh, who is, yeah, who I, is I, the backup quarterback for the Buccaneers? Blaine Gabbert, I believe. Oh, Blaine Gabbert, yes. The man, the myth, legend, who Bruce Arians said they'll be just fine with Blaine Gabbert, which I'm sure hope Tom Brady didn't appreciate. I, I, I know. <laughs> I noticed what you did say there, Dave. You mentioned um, Rob Gronkowski. The Buccaneers. I, I know that uh, OJ Howard is in free agency. They mm. may re-sign OJ Howard. I think whether or not Gronk comes back will be the deciding factor in whether or not they bring back O.J. Howard because they've got Cameron Brait. Cameron Brait is an outstanding tight end. O.J. Howard is an outstanding tight end. 
They've got to if they re-sign Howard. If Gronk comes back, they may just decide not to bother. Whether or not Gronk decides to come back or retire, as long as he stops doing those commercials, I will be delighted. Mm -hmm. Don't forget, there's also Leonard Fournette, who is a free agent this year. And the amount of times that he... But well, when the pass game wasn't quite working for the Bucks last year, he pulled out some fantastic plays to really push them forward. So I think that that they they could be looking for a a, a new kind of running back to sorry shoulder that. Mm-hmm. I think Fournette he's, he is getting on a bit in age wise in, in running back terms for sure. But um, I I think that they could be looking for the next kind of maybe star running back in mm. from the draft as well. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for um, what the what the Buccaneers might or might not do uh, with regards to quite a few players, as you say, uh, in free agency. We'll see what they do. Um, so that's the NFC South. Moving on to the final division in today's show, the NFC West, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Colt McCoy's been re-signed. They've extended James Conner. The $21 million extension, three years, includes $16 million over the first two years. Uh, they've re-signed Zach Ertz, outstanding tight end, for a three-year $31.65 million contract. And uh, they've just re-signed uh, Michael Dogby and Dennis Gardeck as well. Not too many uh, movements from the Cardinals, but I don't think they had to make too many moves. I think they're quite happy where they are. They had a few injuries last season. Um, and I think if... The Cardinals can stay healthy through this year. They can be a legitimate threat in the NFC. Um, what do we think of that, Jake? I think the Cardinals, I kind of touched on it briefly before, they just need to kind of see the season out. So they always seem mm-hmm. to start well and then fades. Like you say, injuries and depth, I think, is one of their issues. So re-signing some of these core players, I think it's it's good business. And I'm sure over the next, you know, the coming few days, they'll try and get, you know, they might not go after a big name, um, but they might go after... Um, uh, you know, a handful of, of decent names, you know, starters and, and just depth to kind of make sure they see out a season for a change. And the James Conner extension, he's very useful to the Cardinals. I think they they really like him. And obviously they do. I mean, that's that's quite a, a hefty, $21 million is, is a lot uh, for, for any running back. Um, so they, they obviously think that they've got what they need in James Conner. They don't need to go anywhere else. Uh, and re-signing Colt McCoy, quite right. Why wouldn't you? I think they've got a big, a big loss in Chandler Jones, though. Um, so, be interesting to see if they do go in the, the market for an edge because that that's a, a huge chunk missing. Yes, well, Chand- I think. Well, since we've been on air, uh, or while we've been recording, uh, the Raiders have uh, apparently signed Chandler Jones to a three-year deal worth roughly fifty-one million. Uh, and that that's been reported by Ian Rapport in within the last hour. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a trade on the back of that as well. So yeah, that uh, that AFC West is um, shaping up to obviously. So you've now got four, four. Well, let's be honest, four top quarterbacks um, in the entire league and in the AFC West. Um, and so it looks like teams are now going, right, we need to stop all these quarterbacks in our division. So Khalil Mack's gone to the Chargers and Chandler Jones gone to the uh, gone to the Raiders. I'm just hoping that uh, the Broncos can re-sign Von Miller, but, you know, let's see what happens with that. Speaking mm-hmm. of Von Miller, moving on, the Los Angeles Rams. Very little actual movement with regards to signings 
for the Rams. Uh, they re-signed uh, their offensive tackle, Joe Notaboom, a uh, three-year, $40 million. Big sign in that. And their center, Brian Allen, also uh, a three-year uh, deal. There's no actual uh, notes there on the money that. So they're obviously trying to keep that offensive line for Matthew Stafford. But got to hand it to you, Dave. Talk about your Los Angeles Rams. Well, I think we've we, been quite nicely quiet this year. It's been quite refreshing to actually be uh, a, a bit more of a chilled uh, postseason for the moment anyway. Joe Noteblum uh, was, has been understudied Andrew Whitworth for a couple of years now. And from what I've seen, he's really come on. He was quite disappointing when he was first playing. Uh, Big Whit had a, a, a couple of injuries um, in the year that we went to the Super Bowl last. Uh, and yes, he, he, he's definitely improved. I think he is a fantastic blindside tackle prospect. And I think he, he's going to be pretty perfect, a replacement for Big Andrew Witt, who has called it a day now. Um, we did lose Austin Corbett, as we touched on earlier, to the Panthers. Uh, I'm, I'm in two minds about this, actually, because we had a we have a fantastic offensive line unit. As long as they stay healthy, they're a Super Bowl winning unit. But I think, you know, take take each piece out and everyone seems to be replaceable. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not being disrespectful at all, but... I, I think that we can find a someone in free agency to replace Austin Corbett quite quite easily, uh, quite reasonably as well. We're going to have Rob, Robert Woods back uh, at wide receiver, which puts doubts about OBJ returning. But as you also suggested on a defensive line, we have decided to go pretty all out for Von Miller uh, is the most recent news that is circulating on the twitter web yeah, I, mean, I, I would love to see von miller back with us he's uh he's not the fastest he's not the strongest edge rusher but i tell you what he's one of the smartest ones and he gets the job done so i would be more than happy to see him continue i do think we need a linebacker i don't think troy reader is going to be with us next season um we've also i'm sure we we, we lost williams our cornerback to the jaguars he's get, uh, getting paid there so I think we're probably in the market for a corner. We'll need a linebacker and probably one more offensive lineman and we'll be good to go. But I think we've got a few compensatory draft picks as well, um, which we, we can use to bolster our ranks a good chunk. If there's people that were predicted to go earlier on, I think we can do that. But I'm still, I'm very happy. We've, we've got Cup, we've got Woods, uh, you know, in attack. And we've still got Von Jefferson, who is a fantastic wide receiver uh, prospect? I think he's got he's a bit more of a raw raw diamond rather than a, a polished stone. But we the future is still bright for us. I'm still quite happy. I think the Rams are going to be dangerous this year. Um, obviously, there are some free agents. Um, obviously, OBJ that you spoke about earlier and uh, Von Miller. Um, but if the Rams can hang on to their core players, they've got a good chance of uh, getting back into the playoffs this year and and getting another deep run into the playoffs. I was just going to say we've actually released our punter as well, Johnny. I just Johnny Hecker. Why John, Johnny Hecker has been released from the Rams as of today, uh, which I think is just uh, I I can't get over that. We we let uh, Greg the leg go as well, and our kicking did suffer for a year. Uh, I think we've obviously come a bit better recently with Matt Gay, but 
we Johnny Hecker is there's there's not a lot more, better prospects in the league than Johnny Hecker. I, I don't see wh- why we wouldn't want to you know even it it wouldn't it would be a massive contract, but the man is one of the best punters. I I struggle to find to think of another punter that I would rather have than Johnny Hecker. Yeah, I've, I've just I've just changed my mind. The Rams aren't going deep into the playoffs because they've released <laughs> Johnny Hecker, and that was a stupid thing to do. I mean, seriously, how much money was he looking for? You couldn't you couldn't hang on to Johnny Hecker. That's I think the Saints might be kind of at fault for that because the Rams probably saw what the Saints did in terms of Thomas Molstead, who over the last five ten years, alongside Johnny Hecker, was probably one of the best putters in the league, and we let him go, and we brought in a rookie. Uh, who did probably better. So the Rams probably are thinking, similar to how we look at the running back positions, they're probably thinking we can get a punter either in the draft or a free agent for for cheapest chips and get the same kind of results. You know, it might not work, but I mean, when you're as close to the numbers that the Rams are in terms of contracts, they maybe are looking to save every last penny. Well, also, can I just say breaking news, Julio Jones is set to be released from the Titans. Oh, wow. Wow, that is big news. Maybe he will go back to the Falcons and they can have a wide receiver. He'll probably go to the Bucks, though. We all know it. Oh, don't. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't even joke about that, Mike. Oh, I love Julio be- Jones. Julio Jones is one of my favourite players of all time. The, the two best abilities are availability and reliability. And as far as reliability goes, Julio Jones has been number one since he came into the league in 2011. And if he went to the Buccaneers, oh my God. No, I couldn't deal with that. So I'm not going to deal with it. We're going to move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. Very little in the way of actual signings. Uh, they did sign cornerback Charverius Char- Ward from the Chiefs. I think it's an interesting one. 49ers are normally pretty shrewd when it comes to, to business. I tend to kind of have faith in them. Um, I mean, I think it was that they traded a fifth-round pick for Lakin Thomas in 2017. He played over 6,000 snaps, and he's probably going to get them a fourth-round pick in, in compensation. So they they tend to always come out on top. I, I tend to just have faith in the 49ers and kind of their front office. So I think... In coverage last year, uh, he completion percentage allowed 44.8% was the second in the NFL. Average target separation was two yards, which was first. Tight window rate, 46.3% first. Coverage success rate, 64.2, which was fourth. And targeted EPA allowed was minus 12, which was 11th. So he's coming off a big year, um, and that's probably going to pay into to the contract. So... If they'd got him a year or two earlier, they might have been able to get him for a lot less. But oh, they, they would have done. He, I think he started in 2017 or 2018. I'm not sure when he started uh, in the league. He, he's been with the Chiefs for a few years now. doesn't have the best interception numbers, but we need to emphasize that interceptions does not equal good cornerback. No. There is a, there is a very specific reason that, as, just as an example, two of the greatest cornerbacks of all time, um, which are, of course, um, Dion Sanders <laughs> and Champ Bailey, don't rank anywhere near the top in interceptions. Uh, and the reason is that teams just don't throw at them. I, you know, they, they get 
quite a few interceptions early on, and then nothing. And people say, oh, you know, if you're not getting 10 interceptions, then, then why aren't you, you know, every year, then obviously you're not a very good cornerback. That's not the way it goes. I mean, the only reason Charles Woodson uh, had so many um, interceptions is because he played for 18 years, 19 years, was it? He played for a long time. And Rod Woodson was the same. He he played from like 80, 1987 into the early 2000s. You know, he played for 16, 17 years. Um, and then when you look at someone like Dion Sanders, who I believe is like 25th, 24th or 25th all-time in interceptions, you say, well, why is that? Because nobody threw at him. No one. And and the same with, with Champ Bailey. No one threw at Champ Bailey. When, when Champ Bailey... The only reason I know more about Champ Bailey is because, obviously, again, uh, he played with the Broncos. The Champ Bailey-Clinton-Portis trade that took place back in 2003, I believe, or the, prior to the 2004 season, uh, might be the only draft, uh, the only trade in NFL history when both teams absolutely won that trade. Because the, the Redskins were desperate for a running back. Um, the Broncos had a surplus of running backs because they could just stick anyone in. The Broncos were desperate for a cornerback and the Redskins didn't really need a second. They already had three top cornerbacks so they let Champ Bailey go. And, you know, in his in, in Champ Bailey's 2006 season, which is just stupid, and I'm not even going to talk about it because it would take too long. His, his 2006 season is arguably the greatest season by a cornerback ever you know he had like 10 interceptions he had he had i believe it was um he had 20 interceptions 21 interceptions his first year first three years with the broncos and then no one threw at him again for his entire career it's it's just this happens so when you've got a a player like that looking at just the stats you go well they're not that great and then of course jake you know you put those numbers out and he sounds like he might be one of the top five cornerbacks in the entire league. I certainly reckon that's why his agent was using to get that contract. But oh, maybe, well. like you're saying about the this thing, you know, Revis Island is the the most recent one I can really think of. Mm-hmm. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's been people since, but you know, they would literally just say, "Okay, don't throw that that half of the field." So I, I completely agree with you in terms of a lot of these cornerbacks these days, especially you know, social media stuff. Oh, I, you know. I'm getting 10 interceptions this year. How many times did you get, you know, thrown on then? Because probably not something to brag about. You know, if you're getting targeted a lot, it's because teams are thinking they can take advantage of you. Yes. The, 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 the best the, compliment you can get is not getting thrown out, basically. Yeah. The, the Cowboys cornerback Diggs. Not Tra- Stefan. Trayvon. Yeah. Trayvon Diggs. Led the league in interceptions, I believe. Um, and then I, I believe uh, Brett Coleman had a video uh, I had a video talking about um, Trayvon Diggs because I was saying, you know, he's, he should be an all-pro. He led the league in interceptions. He says, well, yeah, he allowed the the most yards to a receiver out of anyone in the top 10 who of intercepting co- cornerbacks. And he was allowing yeah. massive, like the yards per reception he was allowing were huge. He also allowed the most touchdowns. So I'm like, yeah, interceptions are great. Of course they are. Turnovers are really important. But if you're only getting 10 interceptions because people are throwing at you 40 times a game because you can't stop anyone, then 
yeah, it's 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 not an ideal situation to be in. So I didn't really see anything else with the 49ers. I'm not sure if I missed well, anything. Dave, G- do you have Jimmy, anything? Jimmy G. Jimmy G is oh. a pro- more, most likely on his way out the door. Um, oh. I think, I, I mean, just, the, the just main destination. For, for all our listeners out there, he's very handsome. There's Mitch anyway. Trubisky and you still don't like him. Oh, no, I love Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> I, I love Mitch Trubisky. I said this. We can talk about Mitch Trubisky in next week's show when we cover the AFC because he has signed with a team. Of course he has. The MVP. Who wouldn't want to sign the MVP? Absolutely. And I said it, and I've said this on the show before, Mitch Trubisky was in a very bad situation with Chicago and he will be so much better where he is which we'll talk about next week. But anyway, sorry, Dave. Carry on. I do apologise. Jake interrupted uh, No, uh, Yeah, of course. Yeah, pass the blame. <laughs> but uh, I think what, what, what the 49ers have with Jimmy G, uh, I think the 49ers have an amazing run-first offence um, that I think the only reason that they weren't more successful last year in the uh, in the sort of proper season uh, before the playoffs was because of injuries. I mean, they kind of rallied at the end. Uh, but I pro- probably don't want to remind Jake of that last week, uh, last game of the year against the Rams. But um, well, we can move swiftly on to the, from that. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, the most likely destination is probably to the Colts. Uh, I think they will sort of go with unknown quantity in Jimmy G. Um, and I think it'll be time for, the, time for them to move on. But I think... The only other thing that I was aware of with the 49ers was that um, Raheem Mostert is most like 99% moving on from the 49ers. I think he had a bad year with injuries last year. So, um, yeah, apart from that, I think the 49ers are going to come back with a bit of brute force next year and really challenge the Rams. Oh, and the only other thing I could probably think of is that uh, I think Kyla Murray shot down rumours uh, that he was potentially going to the MLB with the baseball because obviously he was drafted in the first round uh, the, the same year. He, he was drafted into the NFL. Um, I think it was by the Oakland A's. I can't... Yeah. I think it was Oakland A's, yeah. And um, yeah, that there was some, some rumours that he was kind of fed up of the NFL, but I think they've been shot down. So apart from that, the NFC West is in pretty prime health aside from the Seahawks. Speaking of the Seahawks, the final team we're going to talk about today, um, wrapping up our NFC edition of the free agency market and things that have already happened in the NFL. Um, Obviously, quite a few players acquired uh, by the Seahawks, notably in the Russell Wilson trade, and they've made a couple of other signings and they've re-signed some players as well. well. We'll talk about the Russell Wilson trade because they lost their, essentially their franchise quarterback. He's gone. They've taken on Drew Locke, who may or may not be the starter. We don't know yet. The The, the trade isn't actually official until, uh, what is it now? It's 20 past eight. So it's not official until nine o'clock. We're getting there. We're getting there. They also got, as we'd already mentioned, Noah Fant, the tight end, uh, Defensive tackle Shelby Harris. They re-signed defensive tackle Al Woods. They also got cornerbacks, two cornerbacks, in Artie Burns and Sidney Jones. And Quandre Diggs, the safety, has agreed a three-year, $40 million deal. Uh, Not forgetting tight end Will Disley, re-signed to a three-year, $24 million contract. 
which does surprise me because of the Noah Fant acquisition. We really should talk, though, we've already discussed the players that they've got, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris. Let's talk about the loss of Russell Wilson and, of course, linebacker Bobby Wagner. What do we think of that, guys? Um, opposite to my feelings of the 49ers and how they are a classy organization in terms of, I think, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, Richard Sherman fell a couple of snaps short of his $1 million um, bonus and the 49ers paid it anyway. Bobby Wagner, 10 years at the Hawks, you know, arguably throughout some of those years, most of those years, one of the best linebackers in the entire league, didn't even find out firsthand from the, the Seahawks. So I think uh, I'm not a fan of the Seahawks. I'm not a fan of Pete Carroll. I think they're really showing their class or lack of class. Um, and I'm sure, or I hope, depending on where he falls, that Bobby Wagner goes on and proves them wrong and hopefully he gets to play them because I'm sure he'll look forward to uh, disrupting them. But yeah, I think that was a, a shock and also a shame of how it sounds like it was handled. Um, I've never been a fan of the Seahawks. Um, I don't like Pete Carroll. Despite my dislike of the Seahawks, Bobby Wagner, he was an integral part of that defense for a decade. Uh, one of the best players on that defense for a decade. And to be essentially just cast aside is pretty low, in my opinion. So, yeah, I'm with you 100% there, Jake. I think the Seahawks really handle this very badly indeed. Dave, you got anything to, to add to that with regards to Seattle? Well, I've just seen that um, the two main uh, destinations that are being touted for Bobby Wagner uh, are, in fact, the Broncos, as you just touched on but also the LA Rams. Now, the Rams are one of the Seahawks' kind of divisional rivals, but I uh, and we do have a vacancy as uh, at, at starting middle linebacker. Now, Bobby Va- Wagner, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. Right, behave That's yourself. A, right, you're just getting greedy that, now. There's no, need, that there's no is, need for the Rams to sign Bobby Wagner. Off. The only other thing with the Seahawks, um, I, I think the... I, I, I don't think they got the best end of the Russell Wilson deal. I know maybe maybe it's because of the history that I have with the Rams. The draft picks are you're 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 paying for potential. You know, you you've got the proven Russ Wilson. I think the Broncos are coming out on top there. I think the Seahawks are gonna be in rebuild. I I don't think Pete Carroll has got long left as head coach in Seattle. Um I think next year, if they have a really poor year next year, they might look to move on. This actually has echoes of of the Denver Broncos. And I know I'm bringing it back to the Broncos again. I do apologise. Back in 1992, I want to say 1992, Dan Reeves and John Elway had a falling out. And Dan Reeves was uh, always of the opinion that teams should be based around running the ball. Like every every drive is... Run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. Oh no, we're behind by 20 points. I'll let my quarterback go and win the game for me. But back in the in 1992, the owner of, of the Broncos, Pat Bolin, basically had to choose between his coach and his quarterback. And he chose his quarterback. Fire Dan Reeves. He went off to, I believe, the Atlanta Falcons a couple of years later. Uh, and he went with John Elway, they got Mike Shanahan, and everything was came up roses, and they won two Super Bowls. The Seahawks are 
were in almost the identical position, but they went with the coach. And how old's Pete Carroll? Was he 70? He's probably around 70, yeah. He's around 70, 70 years old. You know, no offence to him. He's, it's not like he's a bad coach. Although, you know, if you, why, why you would throw the ball <laughs> on the two-yard line instead of giving it to Marshall Lynch? I don't know. Why would you do that? Uh, but they, they should have gone with Russell Wilson. If that's what it's, it seems to be, that Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll had some sort of issue, some sort of disagreement, and who, whoever is in charge, the powers that be at the Seahawks, went with the coach over the quarterback. And I think it'll come back to bite the Seahawks. Because I think Russell Wilson was more important to that organisation than Pete Carroll has ever or will ever be. So I think you're right. I think the uh, Seahawks did the wrong thing. And as you said, they gave him up for potential because they gave him up for a tight end with a massively high ceiling, Noah Fant. A proven, solid defensive tackle who can block field goals and block passes until the sun goes down. And a quarterback that nobody knows whether or not he is a good player. And a couple of firsts and a couple of seconds. Earlier on, when I said the Broncos gave up too much, it was really Shelby Harris. That's the, as I said, it was the only one. I think Shelby Harris was a, is an incredible player. He will make that Seahawks defense better. However, losing Bobby Wagner, that'll make that defense worse. I think I'm just all 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 I've got going through my head at the moment since you brought Pat Bowling is when he picked. Uh, John Elway over Dan Reeves, and then they won that little ball, and this one's for John. That sound bait is just playing over and over in my head. Yeah. John Elway loved Pat Bowling. Pat, Pat Bowling loved John Elway. What he did to get John Elway would take too long for me to explain. A lot of people might not know this, but coming out of college, John Elway was the biggest prospect biggest college prospect of all time and he still is today John Elway is the most hyped college prospect ever don't have time to discuss it today no but it's um, a good documentary on it people can definitely watch it on YouTube and things like that there's there's good stories about John Elway and his entering into the league absolutely I mean Bill Walsh was ready to give up about um half of the entire 49er squad to get John Elway including Joe Montana he was ready to trade Joe Montana to get him. Um, Al Davis was going to throw everything but the kitchen sink, maybe including the kitchen sink, to get him um, to the Colts. And I believe that trade actually got vetoed by the NFL commissioner because he didn't like Al Davis. It's an incredible story. Uh, and it's a story that, that we really should look at later on um, in, in future episodes. But... That is the free agency roundup, and I don't want to end the show there uh, because we've spent a lot of time, obviously, talking about what's going on in the NFC. But we really need to talk about random stats. Jake, do you have a random stat for us? I always come prepared with a random stat. Now it is more about the AFC, but it has been kind of referenced um, a little bit throughout the show. So my random stat is in the 2022 season. The Indianapolis Colts will go into the season with a different starting quarterback for the sixth straight year. So in week one of 2017, they had Scott Tolzien or Tolzien 
18, Andrew Locke. 19, Jacoby Brissett. 2020, Philip Rivers. 21, Carson Wentz. And at the moment, for 2022, they have um, a sixth rounder from 2021, Sam Ellinger from Texas, or a fourth round from 2020, James Morgan, who's already been on one, two, three, four, five different organizations. So the Colts and consistency is uh, at the most important position at the moment is a bit of a shambles. I think uh, Darius Leonard put out uh, a tweet about it, basically showing his frustration, uh, especially as, you know, such a promising young talent in terms of, you know, why am I on a team that just can't get it right at the most important position in football? Uh, Dave, do you, have a, do you have a random stat for us? Well, the only one that I I, I, I was watching uh, a sort of a brief documentary on uh, Jerry Rice uh, while I was in my COVID isolation bubble, which was about as fun as it sounds. Um, I didn't. I, now there are only two players in the NFL in the history of the NFL who are non-kickers that have played in more than three hundred games. Now, uh, Jerry Rice is obviously one, but can you name the other one? It's got to be someone like Whitworth, someone who's like 42 years old. Hang on, I'm sorry, non-kickers? Non-kicker that has played in more than 300 games in the NFL. Jerry Rice is one. Is it going to be... I'll I'll go with Whitworth just because, one, it's Rams, so it's a homer for you. And two, he was like 40, what was he, like 42 or something? So I'll go with Andrew Whitworth. Okay, do we have any reason, Andrew Whitworth? That... I'm I'm sorry, that doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure Brett Favre played in over three hundred games. And if he did, then Tom Brady definitely did. Well I, I can tell you that Brett, Brett Favre is the correct answer. Oh, as of this year yes, as of this year, uh, <laughs> it is not Tom Brady, but I'm sure there's a very good chance that he will pass that uh, at some point. It's Brett he, Favre, right, yeah. I yeah. I honestly believed that if if Brett Favre because I was I was sure that Brett Favre played over three hundred games, mm-hmm. um, and I thought if that's the case, surely Tom Brady has because he's played like three years longer than Favre. So um, it's three hundred sixty three games for Tom Brady. Okay, well then my information is wrong, and that is my random stat. Then because that is not <laughs> right, it's a wrong stat. But well, it's random. So, you know, it's random. And we it's didn't say wrong. they had to be accurate. Just, just <laughs> random. <laughs> Thank you for that, Dave. I appreciate. It. I'm glad I got Brett Favre correct, even though Tom Brady was also correct. <laughs> okay, so my uh, my random stat for this one, and I think we'll pro- we'll probably have to end the show soon after this. If we've got time next week, we'll discuss our very first mock draft from our uh, NFL insider and college expert, Ewan McPhail. Um, and speaking of Ewan McPhail, he's a huge Lions fan. So this week's random stat concerns the Detroit Lions. Now, the thing with the Detroit Lions is that they're known for, um, well, they're known (laughs) for individual players. That's what they're known for. You know, as far as team success goes, since the 1950s, they haven't had much of it. So they are known for individual players. And recently, the players that they're known for the most has, of course, been the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, uh, wide receiver, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, 
mentioned earlier. And, of course, running back Barry Sanders. Now, Barry Sanders is my favourite running back of all time. He is the most dynamic runner I've ever seen, and it's not even close. It's just... But if you never saw Barry Sanders play, and I, I can't stress this enough, if you've never seen Barry Sanders play, go onto YouTube and just look up some highlights, some career highlights of Barry Sanders. He was the most incredible player. Um, and I actually have two stats. Now, one stat is regarding Barry Sanders himself. Because Barry Sanders, through his entire career, averaged 998 rushing yards per game which is pretty good second I believe only to Jim Brown who who averaged just over 100 yards per game in his career so he averaged 99.8 yards uh, per game however in his career Barry Sanders had the most negative yards rushing in NFL history he ran for more negative plays than anyone who has ever played the game. And you're talking about someone who averaged 1,500 yards a season. So that's a stat that I just like, the mind boggles. But that's not my random stat today. My random stat is this. Barry Sanders' final year with the Detroit Lions was in 1998, in which he rushed for 1,491 yards. Um, Now, that was back in 1998, Barry Sanders is the last Lions running back to rush for over 1,400 yards. In fact, he's the last Lions running back to run for over 1,200 yards. Since Barry Sanders retired in 1998, Reggie Bush in 2013 rushed for 1,006 yards and he is the last Detroit Lion to rush for over 1,000 yards. They've not had a single player since 2013 to rush for over 1,000 yards in a season and he just scraped it in 2013 with 1,006. I'm sorry Mr. McPhail if you're listening to this that is how not to run the football. People talk about the Lions being you know having a bad offensive line. I think proof is in the pudding in that it's been eight years since anyone rushed for 1,000 yards and prior to that it was nine years before somebody else rushed for a thousand yards. That's my random stat. The Detroit Lions simply cannot generate thousand yard rushers. I was sat there hoping you were going to ask the question of who it was because I knew it was, it was the great <laughs> Reggie Bush. Oh, the great Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush is a fantastic player. Absolutely fantastic player. That year, he rushed for a thousand six yards. He had four touchdowns, uh, 223 attempts, 71.9 yards per game. He was, uh, he was a good player, Reggie Bush. I think there, gentlemen, we're probably going to have to leave it for the night. Thank you very much for tuning in, everyone. Next week, as I say, we're going to be talking about the AFC uh, free agency and roster movements. Uh, once again, with the caveat, if anything huge happens in the NFC, we will, of course, report on it. We'll also have all the details on the franchise tags. And if we have time, we will be looking forward to the draft. But, gentlemen... Thank you very much for your time. I'm Ian McKinnon. I've been joined once again by Jake McGee. Thank you very much. And by Dave Somerville. See you next week. You were listening to the NFL Show.